0: What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Pixelists podcast, the podcast about all the nerdy things we love and enjoy. As always, we're your hosts. I'm Will, that's Blake. And today we're here to talk some Wizard Witch and Wild One, a little worlds beyond number. But before all that, my friend, it feels like forever. I mean, it's been yeah. since last year that uh, <laughs> that we sat down for one of these. Um, we've done a few little live streams, but it yeah. feels like it's been a minute since we've had a proper pod. It's been a while since we've done a little WBN, which yeah, I feel like w- I feel that. Like,
1: I feel like that acronym feels like you know, like one of those old like like the c w like old tv stations that like had like the random one decent show on it mm-hmm. as a kid yeah you know so yeah a little worlds beyond and yeah it's been a while i think i thought you're gonna say it's been a long time since we've sat down and i was like we did it earlier today we did it last friday <laughs> yeah <laughs> but, but yeah for, but for the, just pod, for the, for the sure. pod
0: and yeah especially worlds yeah. beyond <clears throat> yeah. um because we it's are fun for the for our worlds beyond fans out there apologies for getting this out literally the day before the new episode, it's been like, the, we've had like a month to evening record this. before, I know.
1: Well, it's been it's been wild. You know, we've had so much other, we've been creating a lot of content, but also it's just, you know, the holidays, it just gets hectic. So I'll like echo yeah. Will's apology. And I'll apologize for my background too. It, everything, it's like become like the storage room, like the intermediary storage room for Christmas mm-hmm. decorations. Yep. Like I came in and it was all just like back there. And I was like, okay, so this is, this is happening, I guess. Yeah. The same so. is
0: true of my... I call it an office, but like where I have my computer and stuff set up, yeah. it's, it's, that's like the function of this room I'm in. So it's also just storage for all of our random stuff. Yeah. So you can't tell because of the green screen, but I'm right there with you. Um, yeah. Yeah. Rocco. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, um, second Rocco comment today, yeah. by the
0: way. <laughs> <laughs> We're a big fan <laughs> of that one. We pull that one.
1: I need to I need to rewatch a little bit of that show because it may I feel like that would be the kind of show that would not hold up.
0: Really? Because I was thinking it might hold up even better because it always felt like yeah like more of an adult like kind of cartoon.
1: I just Um, don't know the style of humor. I'd have to go back and see because you know humor back then was a lot true.
0: We're talking about um, (laughs) (laughs)
1: sexist and things like that. Yeah, that's
0: fair. It might be a little problematic in those regards. I don't really like. We're talking about Rocco's Modern Life by the way for those of you that <clears throat> watched that growing up. Like I I remember the show. Like I remember the the wallaby, the cow best yeah. friend, the turtle. Yeah. But that being said, like I couldn't tell you what like
1: what, oh, I got what no clue. any
0: episode was up, like about.
1: Um yeah, I remember he had the cow that was or the steer. And that was a joke actually in the show. Yeah. The steer that was his best friend and then like the really smart um the the turtle Right. That one. Yeah. The, yeah. That one. But then there was like a a guy who was like an entrepreneurial smart person.
0: But oh, I don't um, even remember that guy
1: to say something a little bit dangerous. um, It's kind of like my wife and I, we rewatched Scrubs and I was like, oh, man, the show's the best. And then as I was watching it, I was kind of like, mm. well, those jokes probably wouldn't land today.
0: Oh, um, I hate to hear that. I haven't I haven't but- watched Scrubs in a. A number of years. Um, it's
1: probably not unlike The Office, though. I mean, you know, there's some scenes mm-hmm. in The Office the same way where you're just like, can't make that joke.
0: Yeah. So. I mean, this is not like a, this is not a blanket. It's okay. But, you know, a lot of the stuff is a product of its time. Like, you know. Yeah. Um Well, and that's actually how I
1: prefer, instead of like just do, getting rid of content entirely. I know there's been some companies that have like put like a little, uh, Disclaimer at the front to be like, hey, this was a product of its time. And yeah, you know, unless it's like egregious, then it's like, probably should take that down. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. So well, anywho, um, Um, it's a new year. New year, new us. It is. New channel.
0: (laughs) So (laughs) new Um, feel to the channel. Yeah. We uh it has so let's see. The when was the last episode of this we did? It was a while, yeah. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Um, so, so yeah, there was there was a bit of a break, um, but now I think we're just back. Like I don't think there's. Oh yeah,
1: we're so <laughs> back. <laughs> we're back.
0: Um, <clears throat> so sorry, I lost my complete train of thought. Oh yeah, before we, not that you were going there yet, but before we launch into our proper worlds beyond uh, discussion, couple things really quick. We kind of alluded to it. But for those of you that are only tuning into us to Worlds Beyond, you may not know some of these things. Uh, Blake and I have started doing a weekly live stream every Friday. So when when I said, you know, we haven't done this in forever, but Blake said we did this literally today. Uh, he was referring to a live stream we did. And I guess today's not Friday. This was a weird exception for New Year's. Yeah. But every Friday at 1 p.m., I always want to say 1.30 for some reason but it's one, right? <laughs>
1: it's at one. <laughs> okay.
0: At 1 PM central. Bro, U.S. Now time. You're going
1: to, you're going to set that into people's heads. Now <laughs> it's going to be a thing.
0: <laughs> I don't know why it's like ingrained yeah. in my head. One 30 for some reason. Um, yeah. Stop saying it. I know please. Okay, one o'clock, one <laughs> okay. o'clock central time. U S yeah. we have started to do a live stream every Friday. Um, it's typically just like a quick, you know, in and out 30 minutes. Um, Really, we just talk about whatever, but um, it's kind of centered around D&D, centered around Worlds Beyond Number, Critical Role. You know, come with any questions you have about those things or just about anything. Uh, like I said, we, in, we usually end up just kind of talking with the chat and just hitting whatever comes up, really. But it's been a lot of fun, and uh, we'd love to see more of you guys there for that. And it, it'd be
1: yeah. good to get more Worlds Beyond chatter that, yeah, that I, live stream
0: i would love more worlds beyond people in the fold you know yeah i mean we love critical role but yeah. um
1: bro every episode of worlds beyond i love it more and more there's just a lot i want to talk about and yeah. um i know you just said this but like really we really want that live stream to be a time where we can just kind of get together and hang out and just talk nerd stuff you know so like um, it'd be great to have you guys join that live stream and just share your latest thoughts on the campaign uh, theories, you know, comments, what have you. So,
0: yeah, absolutely. And on that same note, um, join the discord. I guess we would love more worlds beyond, you know, chatter, it, lots of places, so including the discord. There will be a link in the description below. As always, uh, we got a channel there just for worlds beyond um, and that's additionally where we kind of host all Pixelist stuff. So we also have Sunday Funday watch parties uh, where we we've been. I mean, really, we watch anything. So who knows what it could be on any given week? We've been watching Christmas movies recently, but we've been watching like D&D one shots. We've been watching Fantasy mm-hmm. High, um, all sorts of things. So um, come hang out for that. And I do this every time. I always feel like there's like one more thing <coughs> I meant, I'm trying to remember to mention, but. Oh, I remembered. Um, Cycling back to Worlds Beyond specifically, um, if you guys are familiar with us, you know we always give our recap before diving into the discussion. Uh, We are not feeling any type of way on this yet, but I just want to reach out and get y'all's opinion for those of you that do consume that recap and our discussion. If you enjoy the recap as it exists currently, being more of an in-depth kind of 15-ish minute, um, you know, analysis of what happened or if you would prefer a quicker recap maybe somewhere in the realm of five ish to ten maybe minutes um for just a quicker like if oh like what happened in that episode let me catch up real quick um mm-hmm. it's just it's so know, hard because we're, we're thinking just, about
1: we're just such both us such nerds man it's hard to not like you know it's like oh that's so important i gotta talk about it but yeah but you know i think it's a fair question to ask so. yeah,
0: it's very infused in my DNA, like to explain something in my mind thoroughly. So, like, mm. even if y'all were like, yes, give us the five minute version. Like, I might not even be capable of that, but <laughs> I'm just just wanted to put the feelers out. You know, maybe you guys love the in-depth recaps. I mean, that is personally like my style. Like, I like to know all the details if I need a refresher. But, um, yeah, we're just curious. Yeah. And uh, for yeah. now, it'll stay the same. But, yeah.
1: Yeah. And then one other like, quick announcement is um, Will and I have been talking a lot about the channel in general and about um, having some more like OG D&D type of content on it because we both love D&D. I mean, if you love Worlds Beyond, you probably like D&D. <laughs> uh, maybe you, you may not have known that it was actually based on D&D, actually. Um, but um, if you'd like to see more D&D content, we've both have been DMs. Um, I'm about two and a half years deep DMing a, a certain campaign uh so any dm questions you might have or content you're looking for or uh, we've even thrown out the idea of like doing a um a one shot together um all of that stuff the best place to chat about that would be in the discord um mm-hmm. and um feel free to ping us there so
0: boom 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 so i think i think that's it as far I as i think our, it's it as far as our nonsense goes Um, so with that out of the way, we can actually dive in here. Uh, so we're going to be talking about worlds beyond number episode 18, say my name. And like I mentioned, we will be given our recap before jumping in to the full discussion. And we do cut that recap out and host it separately on YouTube for your viewing convenience. So if you find yourself on that recap and want to hear our full discussion, that'll also be linked down in the description. Um, but without further ado, if you would like to kick us off, my friend. Yeah, this was actually
1: uh, Between the Lines is what this one was called. Uh, um. See, my name was, <laughs> was the last um. You blew it, <laughs> episode 18 Between the Lines. And um, I'll go and say we actually we haven't talked about where to split this episode, by the way.
0: Um, yeah. <laughs> we which is an important
1: that. detail. Um, maybe I'll take it up to when they're reading uh, more information about the the scroll stuff that had been handed off. Yeah, um, that's around that point. That's so. that's exactly where I had
0: okay, designated perfect. in my notes, yeah.
1: So, um essentially the episode begins with uh Suvi, also known as Sky, uh, essentially saying goodbye to Silver who is being shipped out to Fort Kyrian, uh which has fallen. We found that information on the previous episode. We also find out that that is where Archmage Saber is. Archmage Saber being one of the 5, I think. Head Archmages who has uh, been missing the night before. Turns out Archmage Saber is out at um uh where where this issue has happened. And and we find out also information around the line around the um uh, details around how Fort Kieran has fallen, that there was something around like, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Will, but like wild beasts that had taken it over and then like the forces of Gathmire had basically like swooped in and like taken over the area uh before the citadel could sort of reclaim it is that correct will is that's that correct understanding that's
0: that was my understanding um and then like like a red fleet was on the way as well or something yeah yeah. right
1: and we also find out later in the episode that uh steel has also um shipped out presumably to deal with this as well um suvi offers to take silver um to accompany silver to the traveling door uh, where he is to teleport out and it's also there at this sort of like dock of portal doors that um, there is a number of tamuri and other soldiers I mean it's it's the heaviness is there of this is a serious encounter we're about to engage in and the tamuri that are here are a bit the best way to describe it would be they're a bit rougher around the edges than mr callan that we saw previously and if you if you've forgotten the Tamuri is essentially what we thought it was was a cantripped personified uh it's actually a cantrip or a spell personified uh and these Tamuri, uh first of all they don't have names and the implication is that they are heading to their deaths <laughs> and secondly um like i mentioned they're they're much rough around the edges i think uh brendan describes some of them as like red and fiery uh, and we come to find out that these are fireballs and there was one other spell uh, um lightning bolts lightning bolts that have been up level casted to a level nine spell uh which is the highest spell in D and and that these are those spells personified. That that's what these Tamuri are. Um, the other thing that's mentioned is that these Tamuri can actually do some lower level spells as well. But then once they are ready, they will essentially cast themselves uh, and extinguish themselves in battle. Uh, but again, they don't have names because that is what is expected that's going to be happening. Um, Suvi says her goodbyes. Uh, she has a small exchange with one of the Temuri, um that is essentially like, you know, do your job, like stay focused. Uh, but also it's kind of like a little bit um, brisk between the two of them. Um, and then uh, essentially Suvi makes her way back uh, to read up in the library to try to figure out whatever she can, whatever information she can, because um, she's expected, I guess, in this case to be um, spending the night with Uh, silver Um, and I actually don't remember what she found in the library um, Um, because there wasn't much information Uh, and one one detail we find out is that there's been sort of like a not industrial revolution but like most of the stuff that's been written has been written like in the last 50 to 100 years Um, so that was one detail Um, The next day, she meets back up with Ame and Ursuline and the fox. Uh, There's some great chatter around convincing the fox to learn how to read. uh, And they ultimately decide, let's go to um, see uh, Suvi's new place uh, in the Tower of Silence, uh, which she is the Archmage. She's the apprentice to the Archmage, Silence. So they go to this beautiful eight-story tower uh, they meet silence, um, and you're going to have to help me here too. There's a... Um, there's like this... Brennan describes it almost kind of like a ritualistic, like what you would see like in a cathedral, like for holy water, this sort of birdbath-esque uh, basin. Um, and I don't remember what they called it, if you recall, Will, but um, uh. <clears throat> there was some disagreement on the pronunciation of it.
0: The Are you... Um, referring to the Aerith depository i am which is it the eris depository or the <laughs> i Arith? think it i think it is eris and then erica made like a final fantasy joke yeah so it like well, stuck in my head but now actually now like, i don't know which know, one it is <laughs> and
1: then she was like explain it to the fox in case the fox doesn't know yeah. and silence uh essentially in and, and also silence is accompanied by another apprentice uh julia who is very um kind and uh giving of like authority to even suvi and it's like if you need anything just let me know you get kind of the impression of like uh, a fresh graduate student Uh, and there is some lore that brendan gives about like what house she comes from or like what school she's come from um and also notably that her aunt is steel uh though may not actually by blood um but essentially this Aerith depository is basically a basin where if you are um it's sort of like this neural network is the best way to describe it where mages across the imperium can use this to essentially soak up magical energy to continue to be active and what's understood is that if you are a mage who has no need of your spell slots that you sort of donate it into this Aerith depository so that other presumably wizards that are part of the war effort can make use of it as they need to mm. um we get a couple of insights about suvi how uh she soaked in it when she was 14 and nearly died and also nearly got one of her friends i think she said her best friend killed um and then there's a funny dialogue around um the fox keeps calling it juice. Uh, and silence is like please stop doing that um they leave uh they decide to go see um suvi's sort of like where she's going to be staying there's a bunch of like books being moved in like her libraries are getting outfitted with all these cool things and notably they find this sort of like alchemist workstation where there are three vials that brennan describes uh essentially a blue one a black one and a red one uh, and just for brevity, we come to find out they do open the black one, and this impish demon comes out. And the this is basically an ink demon. In fact, all three of them are ink demons. Uh, the blue one is Cyril, who is a poet. The black <laughs> one is Enzo, who is a like historian writer, though yeah. everything he writes is wrong. <laughs> like <laughs> all of his edits are incorrect. And the red one is Vandal who I think Britton talked about, like once he becomes freed, he starts like just like graffitiing like penises. Yeah, like, just all like over the Um So anyway, they get to meet all three of them at different points. And um, they actually have them go bring them food. Actually, Enzo does get killed uh, temporarily. <laughs> but um, <laughs> anyway, I'm, I'm like rambling. I'm getting like way in the weeds on this. So um, they do decide to... I think it's Ame who says, you know, hey, now that I've had my curse lifted, I want to go back to those documents, that silver, excuse me, that steel, um, that Suvi was asked to bring to Grandmother Rin, Um, And do you want to take it from there?
0: Yes, sir. I will do it. So, yeah, so Ame gets out um, two things. It's the book called The Stars of the Southern Skies and a bunch of charts that depict like the shapeshifters. So she kind of spreads them out and is just seeing if they mean anything new to her now that she has her memories back. Um, The first thing she notices is that she gets a smell that is the same smell that kind of came out when her curse was removed. Um, Again, the one, if you guys recall, is of urine smells Mm -hmm. like him. So they're first looking at these diagrams, and they're very old. And Brennan describes it as um kind of akin to like the classic like Da Vinci anatomy of man type of drawing. <clears throat> and Ursulan recognizes the creature that's being depicted as a Garin or Garin. I can't remember how it's pronounced. Um, which is an animal, like it's a literal like type of creature from the spirit realm. So this is like um a specific animal that this shapeshifter is turning into rather than like a unique form of their own. Um, and so Ursulan shares this information like, Hey, that's a, that's a Garen that we're looking at <clears throat> and they're described as like these massive hyenas, but they have opposable thumbs. So they're like kind of like terrifying, dangerous apex predators because they have like all the benefits yeah. of being like this wild beast, but also they have opposable p- thumbs, which means they can do all the things that like humans can do. Um, so Ame is kind of just testing with her alchemical supplies. If she can figure out like what's going on with the smell. And she does determine that it's been like intentionally added to this page, like this element of scent. Um, they then get to speaking on just like the essence of names, uh, stemming from Garen and they start thinking about the name Yorin, and Suvi kind of like has this moment where it clicks, um, where, like, something about Yorin's name informs what he is. Um, And she realizes this is, like, some piece of the puzzle. Ursulon then inspects the scent itself to see if it is the same scent he remembers from these Garen creatures, um, but it's not. It is reminiscent of them, but there is, like, a very heavy iron scent that is added on it. Um, And again, this is what Yorin smelled like. And Ame then asks... Suvi is like, hey, is what you remember of yoren did he have like iron? And Suvi's like, Yeah, he had iron on his tusks. Um, and apparently, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that was an indication of like subjugation or like control or something. Yeah, there,
1: there was some comment immediately after that the use of iron allows you to um uh, basically like possess or like control or own spirits. Mm-hmm. Subjugate's about the best way you put it already. Um so, so something like that.
0: Yeah. So we don't really know like necessarily the implications of that, but Suvi did remember there were there was iron on his tusks, and there is no iron depicted on this diagram. Um so then Ame takes a look at the Stars of the Southern Skies book, and it's it's basically just a basic to intermediary astronomy book on the southern hemisphere. Uh, there seems to be no connection to the shapeshifters or like the attack on Rue from the past. Like they can't figure out like they just can't figure out what the connection is here or why this astronomy book is important. Um, <clears throat> so they decide, well, let's go ask steel. Like she's the one that gave these to Suvi to give to So she can probably shed some light on this. Um, so they head over to steel's, they knock on the door and they're greeted by Ishra, who is uh, steel's 15 year old daughter with her second husband. Uh, She lets them know that, hey, Steele flew out on a skyship earlier, presumably to go help with the Fort uh, Kyrian stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But Saunder is also there, who is Steele's husband. And um, (laughs) we'll we'll talk more about this in the episode. But interestingly, he knows Suvi's real name. Um, Mm -hmm. He makes some jokes about it. Um, So, again, Steele's not there. So Suvi alone goes up to like steel's office while the rest of the crew has like small talk with Sonder. Um And so in steel's office, Suvi finds a journal that is marked on a certain page. So she opens that page up and finds a scrap piece of paper, um, which on that paper says all of our hearts, XOXO Exo, Shandri Newell and Iman Kadbarakat. So these are Suvi's parents, real names. Um, <clears throat> so Suvi takes the piece of paper and then on that journal page, um, underneath it is a list of books that steel had apparently requested uh, to be brought to her. And as Suvi is like flipping through this list of books, she can piece together that it's all about um, the history of spirits that have been in the Citadel, whether captured or just in service. And um, Suvi notices like a couple things in this like kind of scrawled research. One is uh, the word badger that is underlined and then two pages Prior to that, there's some stuff crossed out, but Steele wrote, Hawthorne's Crest, Battle of Starlings Ford. And this we know, um, or Suvi recalls, that this was the battle that Sir Curran uh, died in, that she researched earlier in the campaign. Um, <clears throat> so Suvi gets this information, goes back downstairs, and the crew leaves to head back to Suvi's house. But on the way, she tells everybody what she found, and Ursulan's like, oh, like that's that's connected to me. Like, Sir Curran is the guy that I met. And mm-hmm. also my sister is a badger. So like, I'm wondering, is this in reference to me? And he tells, um, Suvi and Ame about how steel had offered to try and help him return to the spirit world. Um, so they have a brief conversation about that. Um, Ursulan, you know, saying that at the time he didn't really want to talk about that with steel. Um, <clears throat> but this is clearly something they need to figure out. um, so they're heading back home, Steel, or excuse me, Suvi does make a quick stop at the Aerith Depository and deposits the rest of her spell energy, um, and then they make their way home. Uh, in these final conversations in the episode, Ahmed brings up um, Pomeroy, Golt, and Sly, which are three names that she now remembered um, that Grandmother Wren had told her about people at the Citadel that maybe like could help her. Um, Suvi recognizes The name Pomeroy, she thinks because she recalls there's this thing called the Cassoff collection, which is essentially this collection that manages all the bound spirits within the Citadel. So if Pomeroy is a spirit working on that, it's kind of an interesting dynamic because it's kind of like a a spirit that might be like kind of holding down other spirits sort of in a way. Um, Not necessarily, but um, so there's that. And then Galt Suvi remembers is a girl named Hana's father, which we find out Hana is the girl that almost drowned that Suvi referred to earlier this episode in Blake's part of the recap in the heiress depository. Um, And then finally, Sly is, uh, we've heard this name before because they are the head of the office of preemptory catastrophic deviation, um, which is essentially the office that is responsible for like enormous risks to the world, but risks that have like less than 1% of a chance of happening. Um, So Suvi kind of described it as like the place old wizards go to like, still think they're relevant, but um, maybe there's more than meets the eye here. Um, So they kind of have that talk and then everyone goes to sleep for the night, except Suvi doesn't actually go to sleep and Ursulan doesn't really go to sleep either. So he sneaks off to go drink and just train and think to himself Um, while Suvi goes to research and she basically, I think, is researching through like a lot of her parents' old things and their research. And, um, as she's doing this, she makes an investigation check, um, but rolls poorly. But Brennan then reminds her, you have a homunculus now, so you get to roll with advantage. Um, and then she rolls really well. So he kind of poses the question to her. So what are you specifically looking for? And she says, like, I'm just trying to figure out like between my parents, like who was in the bigger rush for their in their studies and like why were they studying that thing? And basically Brennan describes that she finds um, a message in this research, a message of dismissal from the Citadel about her mom. Basically saying that her mom was being kicked out of the citadel, but it was rescinded. Um, but before it was rescinded, it was she was getting kicked out because she had apparently gotten into a tiff with one of her teachers and accused one of her teachers of treason, um, treason against magic itself. And that line is like kind of the cliffhanger we're left with. Um, and that's where the episode ends. Um, again, episode 18 between the lines, not say my name. <laughs> but yeah, so again, y'all, if you're just on the recap, don't forget you can find our full discussion linked in the description below.
1: What a crazy episode, dude. It's it's crazy how much
0: happens in like this 2-hour block. Yeah, we've been <laughs> especially in like this last it's been there's been there was such a long break. I'm having a hard time remembering, but I want to say like the last 3 or 4 episodes there's just been so much lore ever since getting back to the Citadel that um it really does feel like like the amount of information coming in is far more than the runtime yeah i mean and i think also the fact that
1: um some of the like filler stuff gets cut out in the editing like in the post-processing that
0: yeah
1: it's actually like the runtime's a little deceitful that's because it's not like pure it's not like an actual like authentic two hours it's mm. two hours post edited. So we're probably actually getting like two and a half hours of content and something like that.
0: Yeah. And that's, that's a really good point. Um, Yeah. Maybe even longer, honestly, depending on how much, you know, kerfuffle is happening between roles and deciding what to do and yada, yada, yada. Um, I never thought about that. Um,
1: We got some really, I love the episode. We got some fun lore. You know, I think Brennan is just really having fun world building. I love the ink demons.
0: <laughs> yes,
1: um, they're so being great. Just so Brennan's a little bit of a you know a little quick on <clears throat> quick on the quick on the you know dropping beats, man. I mean, he's poems. He, yeah, he had the poems ready to go.
0: Yeah, that was impressive. I at first, and I, I was wondering if any of those were pre written because at least one of the first ones or something it would have made sense that you know knowing that was coming but then as the episode went on clearly some of them were not they couldn't have been pre yeah pre-planned so that that was very impressive um and i love i love cyril already man and it was just while we're here um an episode maybe two episodes ago we were talking about familiars um, because Suvi wanted one. Maybe it was in a Fireside chat where she was talking about like she wanted to take that spell. Seemingly, this is that, right? Is that the impression you got? Like Cyril I is going to be her familiar. I can see I, I didn't put it together, but I could totally see that. I'm I'm interested in the mechanics of it. Like are all is this like all three are technically her familiar or like just because like we're at home base right now, there was access to just Mm-hmm. the three of them. Um, but yeah, I did think it was the familiar just because of that earlier conversation that I just alluded to, but also when Ursulan killed Enzo, um, Brennan was like, oh yeah, he's, you can bring him back with tin gold, which is like the same mm-hmm. materials yeah. that you need for fine familiar. Um, and then of course the end where he used the word homunculus, but was like, now you have a homunculus, you get advantage on this. So like, it also felt like a familiar Mm-hmm. type of mechanic
1: yeah and i'm curious the actual
0: definition
1: um i servant for 5e um
0: oh is that like an entirely different spell
1: well it's i mean it's like um i mean it is it is a spell but um i was curious if that's if they were one and the same um Let's see. Tiny construct. So, you know, maybe a little bit of flavor there. I don't know.
0: What is it? Um. What does it um, do? Um it's just it um let's see.
1: It can do a ranged weapon attack. Uh, so it would presumably go after you, and then it can use a reaction to um cast a spell you have that has a range of touch mm. within 120 feet of it. Okay. Which was the same thing that um, Emily Axford had with her uh, Raven. Um,
0: oh, mother, mother. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it, it's probably some kind of combination of, of this spell and familiar, right. Um, which that's cool. Cause it, it definitely feels distinctly different. From the Fox, which obviously the fox is different from a normal five e familiar to begin with, but right um i <laughs> it, um I mean I have no no doubt in in Brennan whatsoever, but if this is like a familiar that's with her for the most of the campaign, he's gonna be having to bust out a lot of these poems, you know <laughs> it's a it's a tall order, yeah. But maybe, but I mean, we don't, it's too early to really know exactly what's happening here. Maybe these things are only going to be at her tower in the Citadel. Um, Mm -hmm. But I hope not because I I, I love them already. And Suvi is 20,
1: right? We got an age for her from Brennan. Didn't you say 20?
0: I don't remember, but that sounds right. And her issue with the Earth
1: repository or depository, she was 14, I think.
0: Okay, so, I missed so only So
1: only six years prior for that, but point I was getting at was that was another interesting lore piece that we yeah. got. And I'm wondering um, what all gets discussed because there's like little details where Brennan's like, and you know this, you know, and it seems mm-hmm. like, <clears> you <throat> know, um, the players themselves pick up on it really quickly and share their own details about it. And so.
0: Yeah, me too. I was also wondering that because at first I almost wondered if that story about the kid drowning was like an improv like, Oh yeah. When I was little, this happened with this thing. Mm-hmm. But then later it was like backstory about that because the girl, mm-hmm. um, I can't remember the context, even though I just was talking about it, but Hana, I think was her father or, or Sly maybe is her father or no guilt. I think is her father. Oh. Um, So when that was dropped, I was like, oh, I guess that wasn't an improv little thing. That's like a Mm -hmm. concrete part of her backstory, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting, Um, which the whole the whole era depository thing is really cool. We kind of knew this existed, not in name, but because of the rings, like we've seen mention of those that like give the mages extra spell slots. Um, Mm, So I'm I'm assuming that is the mechanic here, like. There's the depository and then these rings are what like connects wizards to it.
1: Well, and Um, silence was even mentioned of having that ring on too. So that makes sense. actually.
0: Which this is small, but you know, there was the whole mention of like, you use your own spell slots and then like in times of need, you can then access that. Like,
1: Mm, I think it was even like, it's,
0: not even just frowned upon like it's kind of
1: not a sin but like it's just like not cool to use it if you have your own spell slot still
0: right which what i thought was interesting is then when silence exits the scene it's described that his ring is what cast dimension door so it's like unless he was coincidentally out of his own spell slots but i doubt it it's just kind of like this is the rule for you guys but me i've haven't used my own spell slot in millennia
1: Yeah. And to be fair, that's pretty on brand for Brennan. I mean, Brennan's, you know, Brennan always has like the throughput line of, you know, corrupt officials at the top or like, you know, the elite, the corrupt elite. So, I mean, I could totally see that being a thing of like, you know, sort of like the self-serving, you know, person at the very top who's just like, yeah, like, why should I use one of my own spells, you know, and just soaks up the perks of it for sure.
0: Yeah. I liked, I mean, I'm assuming that was an intentional detail from Brennan. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. I'm reading too much into it, but if it was, I really liked that kind of subtle mm-hmm. little subtle thing. Um, and then I'm kind of like slightly bouncing around here, but they'll connect. Um, I also thought it was cool that, so like Silence's tower was like the biggest one in the, in the place. And it's cool that seemingly Suvi just gets that when he, Dies as his apprentice. Um, yeah, now is that crazy. something we'll actually see in this campaign? Like, maybe, but um, I, d- you know, the campaign's not going to become tower generator decorator, you know. But it just was a cool thought that you know that that could be hers one day. She's got a cushy
1: job, dude. Brandon was saying, you know, you have one hour a day to like do stuff Silver wants you to do, or not Silver, uh, Silence wants you to do, but otherwise, like the understanding is like you're, you know, in charge of your own destiny, so to
0: speak. Yeah. So so that was cool. It reminded me of like, I can't think of the name of it, but like some other, there's some other like, and uh, this is very generic. It's probably from a million things, but there's some other specific like IP I'm thinking of where like you, you, you get to like this elite role and then it's like, you don't, it's up to you. Like, I think it's like a like. Like a dang it, I'm this is terrible. I'm ruining this because I can't think of what it is. But like, you become like I think it's a video game, you become like an elite agent, and then you're just you decide what you want to do. Um, anyways, reminded me of that. Hmm, Okay, good good chair, good chair. (laughs) Yeah, it's not ringing any bells (laughs) for me, but (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, I thought that was cool. Um, all right, let me let me pull up my notes here. Oh, one thing I did want to talk about was the Tamori. Um, That was crazy. Yeah. One just really cool. I also liked that um, Suvi had never seen these before. So this is kind of like the evolution of like what the Citadel is like getting into, you know, Um, which I think I think you mentioned it in your recap about like. Just in the in the grand scope of history of this world, like only like the last hundred years has magic like just like industrial revolution of magic is right. like ongoing right now. So I like that this is kind of representative of that because when Suvi was a kid, like the cantrip to Mori were a thing, and then like we're already at ninth level spell versions. Yeah. Um, but also just like <clears throat> such a cool like informative piece on like the political landscape here, like, because they are just cannon fodder. Like these things are just like mm-hmm. to die. Like they're not given a name because of it. Um, really quite sad because like they do have consciousness and they do have like autonomy on some level. Um, but and they're, they're
1: just—I think they were even self-aware as to why. Yeah, they didn't
0: have that's hands. a good way to put it. Yeah, so. they do seem self-aware. So it's like created just to die um and another one of those nice little details um like what's the bakery guy's name uh callum mr callum mr callum he there was the whole point about like they do have the distinguishing mustaches or whatever but for these soldiers (laughs) that are bred to die like there's no distinguishing between them they all besides like the lightning bolt ones and the firebolt ones they all look the same right um and correct me if i'm wrong but wasn't there some mention of like the fact that they didn't have names. There was like something wrong with that in Suvi's mind. Like that was like a cardinal sin or something. I don't cardinal remember. sin is a bit extreme, but there yeah, was like,
1: no, um, I, I don't remember that specific detail. I just remember her being a bit, um, put off by the implication of like, what I took it to mean was like the implication of like the scope of conflict that, um, these people are heading off into, but more specifically uh, silver, what silver is heading off into um, and her being kind of shook by that. But, but maybe, I don't know. I might, maybe I might've missed it.
0: I need to re-listen to it because it wasn't as extreme as Cardinal sin. Like I just said, but I feel like there was some mm. mention of like, this like goes against the lingua arcana and like the magic, like mm. things are supposed something. to have names. Like, yeah, I do remember something like that. Yeah. I yeah. Mean- Clearly a whole theme of this entire campaign is like the meaning names. and the power yeah. in names. Um, but I think it's a nice actually comparison to the last episode with, I can't remember the witch's name, but the one that tried to contact Ame, how her familiars didn't have names. And clearly they were just like these mindless drones that were like slaves in a way, mm-hmm. so like sl- similarly here, like these things, sadly they're not mindless, but they are treated in the same way as just like disposable Um, entities Um, which is just sad uh, especially with how much character at least the one we saw talk to Suvi seemed to have you know it's definitely not just a robot Um, what's also interesting is that they're ninth level like that's extremely powerful so like in a world where you're capable of creating those things like why even are you still sending people like silver and you know, real people, if if you will. Um, and I guess it all it just speaks to the gravity of like what's happening here.
1: Well, yeah, I mean, if Suvi's level two as the archmage <laughs> apprentice,
0: yeah,
1: you know, and there's like level nine spells being casted. I'm like, not just a power gap, but I mean, like, like I said, the scope of the conflict's pretty crazy when you think about it.
0: Yeah, I mean, because pres- I mean, I guess we have no way of knowing Silver could be level 20 for all we know but i would i just assumed he was like similarly low level like suvi but maybe he's not um so yeah i just i don't know i'm just obviously we're in a campaign we're in a world where it's just kind of like ready to boil over between these conflicts that we know are going on but like this attack seemingly came out of nowhere according to like like the war had kind of been at a standstill yeah like a lull Um, yeah yeah and so like this feels very like heavily escalated really quickly but i guess i have no perspective for that like maybe they would send ninth level spells to even the smallest skirmish but
1: i mean if archmage sabers there and steel uh, um steel yeah on the way or tangentially
0: related um I just I wonder seems what seems like a big deal. I wonder what the importance of this fort is. We found out mm-hmm. that it's to the north. I think that's like the only mm-hmm. context we got. And I'm honestly not familiar enough with like the the world map still to know like any implications yeah. of that. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah, I guess. I so spe-
1: if there is a
0: map yet.
1: It's like, like a fan put together.
0: I don't know if there's one that's put out. At least not officially. There might be some like fan ones. They did say that's something they will put out eventually, but I'm sure at this point, you know, Brennan's still filling it in Mm -hmm. on some level, which I mean all DMs, you know, will continuously add stuff, Mm. but um, it might be a while before they want to like officially push anything out. Yeah. But, or if you're about to say something, go ahead.
1: No, I was gonna say we had about 15 minutes if we wanted to keep the conversation going. Um, Um, yeah I think you're right I don't think there's a map that anyone's put together yet
0: so we know that this thing was taken it's a big deal because the Archmage is out steel is out Ninth level spells are out it was taken over by beasts and then Gouthmai people went in but the implication to me there is it was taken over by shapeshifters not like
1: oh okay that does make more sense I mean, but isn't there, like, a weird... <clears throat> didn't we find out there's, like, a weird energy around, like, how Gouth by, like, these are shapeshifters?
0: Yeah, we did. We did find that out. Um, <clears throat> I'm not going to be able to, like, regurgitate it here properly, but there was something to the effect of, like, in the histories, like, they were not treated well. Because I remember yeah. in, in that episode, we were talking about, like, did that have something to do with, like, why Joran defected? you know, was working with Citadel people, but yeah, there was, there was something to that effect. Um, but so yeah, that, that was my understanding was that the, the beasts were shapeshifters. Um, okay. That went right which, over my head. Okay. Well, there was no, it wasn't spelled out that way. That's just like my guess, but it would draw a through well, line it, to like,
1: it makes more sense.
0: Yeah. Otherwise know. I was like, that's random, <laughs> which so. this, and it also feels like, well, I guess I don't know. Because there's spirits in the world, obviously, and that's like a whole homebrew kind of thing. But I'm I'm curious if at least some of these shapeshifters are just like what druids are known as in this world. Mm-hmm. You know, because yeah. previously I was assuming the shapeshifters were like Yoren, and I just assumed Yoren was some sort of like spirit or some sort of weird something, but. But the way Ursulan was like that the Garen, that's like a beast. So to me, it was like, oh, so like a wild like the shapeshifter is like a druid that wild shaped into this specific animal, as opposed to like again, like a unique metamorphosis for Yeah.
1: I went I went from that first ep being or children's story intro being like, oh, he's a druid, to then being like, oh, he's something special. So the way Brennan described the beast was something I hadn't, didn't recognize to now back thinking like these are like D and D druids and you and we had a few different options, but out there, but like you either met one and can now, which is, this is how it works in D and D is once you interact, you see that creature, you can then wild shape into right. it as long as it is appropriate challenge rating. Um, so you presumably saw one, Um there seems to be a slight implication that maybe he is um subjugating spirits in some way. So that could have been one, or that he himself is a waylaid spirit, I think yeah. is what we're throughout there, and maybe has a heritage to these Garen or quran yeah. So
0: <clears throat> yeah, I'm <clears throat> i'm very curious what's going on with your it's it's something you and i have discussed at length in in a number of episodes now about like who's really the bad guy here like what's going on like because on some level this the scent feels like a red herring like too obvious like oh it smelled like urine when we (laughs) sound so close to urine that makes me laugh every time i say it but it smells so it smells like Yoren when the, the curse was removed. And so like, he's the bad guy. He did it. Um, I don't for know. Me, it,
1: it put me, it put me more on the, the steel track. Yeah. It, you know? it feels,
0: like, it feels too clean for like it. Not that he's secretly the good guy or anything, but I, mm-hmm. you know, I just, I just want to know more about this
1: because they, the party notably, they get to this point of like, shouldn't we just ask steel? Like why she has take these things. And, like, I think it's interesting, my theory, continuing on this theory we've had for a while about, you know, what's what's the deal with Steel? Um, That's a T-shirt right there. <laughs> my theory is um, if Steel, maybe not, like, the big bad, but, like, as a morally gray decision, decided to curse Grandmother Ren and Ame which that's been another question is like, well, when did this curse happen? Maybe, maybe we witnessed the curse happen. Maybe Suvi bringing these documents into the home is like what caused the curse to happen, caused the spell to happen. And there's also Brennan seems to like appreciate like the old style, old school style of like um, the man in black had to be invited in, which is similar Mm -hmm. to like the vampires. What if in the same way, like, hey, I'm handing these this curse over to someone who's unknowing, unknowingly going to be welcomed into the home and thereby, like, allowing the curse to be cast? I don't know. I just I just part of me just wonders, like, is that is that what happened here? Like, you know, and then is it not necessarily a red herring, but is it like a, you know, shifting blame onto your end? I mean,
0: yeah, I I mean, you know, I'm with you in the suspicions on steel and just thinking. The Yorn stuff is, is too clean. I don't I need to I need to sit on it more, but I, I don't think the Suvi was the beginning of the curse. Um I I don't remember why in this moment, but I feel like there was like signs of it before she got there that like something was up. But maybe not. There might have been, um, I don't know. But yeah, I mean Yorn <clears throat> is just think this really just dates back to like narrative tropes, but it just feels like there's more to Yorin that's going to be found out. And so whether Steel has anything to do with it or not, I just don't think Yorin is this pure bad guy that has set all this up. And he still might be bad and might be a bad guy, but I th- I just think there's more. And especially given this whole iron element and subject, like and if he is a spirit that's been subjugated, that just plays so nicely into like the whole main theme of this campaign. It feels like of like, Wizards versus spirits so that would make like a really interesting kind of like turn uh-huh. of the plot to be like no Yoren is kind of like maybe the guy that was ultimately going to be in tune with what this party's in tune with I still think there's a lot of like narrative growth to happen in that regard because Suvi is still very clearly like Team Citadel right now um, but yeah I uh, I thought well, it was it, it was not convenient but when they went to go see steel, I knew she wasn't going to be there, you know, right. like that answer yeah. would have been too easy to just get yeah. right then. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have any, I, I really don't, but are there any, any guesses on your part about what this star book has to do with anything at this point?
1: They, had Ame had to do a role like way earlier in the campaign and like, it was a low role. So like, I'm just like, there's gotta be something there that they, they still are missing that like Brennan knows they're missing in some way.
0: My, my only guess, and it's not that like, this is the, the key that puts it all together, but there was mention in the lore drops about these. I can't remember the the word that she used, but the, the ley lines of this world, essentially like the celestial alignments. Um. So I'm wondering if perhaps this, this star book is in some way in relation to that, like, Again, for my critical role, people, something about like the magical ley lines of this world and how like when oh, mm. the stars are in this position. This magic is now able to be utilized and like that's the connection or something. Mm-hmm. And it could be steel doesn't even know. Like it
1: could yeah. be that grandmother Rim was like, yeah, bring me the scroll that smells like urine and I'll look at it. <laughs> But also I need this from you. Mm. And maybe it was related to this event, whatever's happening in like the witches' Coven thing that they're like, yeah, we got to do on. something. Yeah, I do like what you said about it being linked to something happening like on a celestial level or like with the spirit realm and ley lines or what have you.
0: It, it seems to like at least make sense because that would be like a world altering thing that would get all these people... Making mm. moves again, not to. I know probably everybody that listens to this definitely doesn't necessarily listen to Critical Role, but kind of feels like a a solstice type of event that maybe happens every once in a while. Um, for sure. Um, I know, or go ahead if you're.
1: Yeah, I just want to hit a couple of things too before yeah. we. I think you're about to say. I know we're coming to the end. Um, yeah. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, the other thing with steel that I thought was interesting. It's so funny. Everything I get from her, I'm so untrustworthy. But (laughs) I even almost wondered if like the notebook was left for Suvi to find.
0: It was interesting that the names were just that. I mean, it was in her own house, in her office. So it's not like anybody could go in there. Here's what I was
1: thinking. We know through Suvi's name cloak ceremony that like all mentions get like erased entirely and like recovered, like changed. So like, is it really that simple that someone could like just write it down and anybody can read it or is it, is it that her parents are dead? And so like maybe the spell is broken and now any like future recordings are fair game. I don't know.
0: Well, it was, that is, like I, that theory makes sense, but it wasn't a future writing because it was from her mom. Right. Because it said like, love you always XOXO. Like, so it wasn't, oh. it wasn't steel that wrote that. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I thought
1: steel was like writing like a, this was over my head. I thought steel was writing like a, you're dead, but I miss you guys. You know? <laughs> and then like wrote their names. At the I mean, bottom. I guess like, it, it could be. That, that's why I was so suspicious. Cause I was like, she just wrote their names at the bottom. Like <laughs> miss yeah. you guys. And by the way, your full real name in case anyone <laughs> would want to know is, you know, and that's why I was suspicious. I yeah. was like, "This is so clunky." Okay, that's more interesting though. That well, but, I'm a
0: little less suspicious than in that way. But you could be right. I mean, that the way I described it is how I understood it. But there's, I mean, I guess there's no confirmation that that is what's going on. It it could be what you're saying too. That she just wrote it because. From when Suvi gave her name, we had the explicit mention of like going to Ame, going to Ursalon, and I think like writing down or making them write down. But then I thought even that thing disappeared, but like she still had like the ceremony of giving the name in that way was required. But then I thought that like got vanished, but maybe it didn't. And maybe this piece of paper is that for Suvi's parents. Like maybe that's what they gave her or something.
1: Oh, okay. I guess that would solve the plot hole for me if this is that thing then yeah i mean that would make sense but
0: i don't know yeah Yeah. otherwise
1: it's a bit curious for sure
0: but what i was gonna say though is it it did feel like for something that important and maybe they are dead so i guess it's not that important anymore that their names like be hidden but it just it felt very easily just out there you know like and again it's in her house in her office like who's gonna come in there that is not welcome but I just yeah. would expect that to be like locked away, but maybe it's because like this, like she was intentionally going to show that to Suvi tonight, but then maybe this thing happened and she kind of had to get out of there in a hurry or something. Man, um, I
1: wish we had, I wish we had more time too, cause I actually have a lot that I wanted to unpack here. <laughs> I'm very curious if Brennan was just like normalizing steel by being like, yeah, this is her second husband because people, some people have their second husband mm-hmm. or if there was like a subtle implication, like what happened to the first husband um which i think might be the latter or the former there excuse me um yeah. but then the other thing i was thinking about too was um um her research later on her mother
0: the being dismissal on the break,
1: yeah of being dismissed and for me it brought me back to our theory when we talked about like what led to their demise how you know they were double agents uh working for the citadel like well, mm-hmm. what if? What if they themselves realized, and just to repeat this for the sake of our listeners, they themselves realized that like, no, the Citadel are the bad ones. And Steel like a triple cross. Exactly. And Steel was like, well, no, like this is my home. Like I can't. It's yeah. gonna be either it's either it's either them, it's either the Citadel or, or you guys have to go. Like I don't have a choice. So for me, it gave more credence to that of like. This what was originally presented as like we're fighting against traitors to the Citadel. It made it a little bit murkier,
0: I guess. Yeah, I'm a 100 percent with you on all of that. But at least in the specific instance of this dismissal, this would have been far before any of that. Right. Because it was before she True. even got her her name. Uh, But it still could obviously have links and implication like who who was this teacher that she accused of yeah. being a traitor? Um, I have. I have like two things I want to touch on, Um, but one last thought on this thing is I was also wondering, could this be fabricated? Not in the sense that it's fake, but that it was intentional because we know that they were spies. They were double agents. So perhaps um, Suvi's mom having this on her record, like, oh, she almost got kicked out of the Citadel. Mm. That could maybe be an in for like, Galthmeyer, whoever it was being like yeah i'm beefing with the citadel like you can trust me um so like could it have even been a lot smarter like intent like you know yeah Uh but it could have been a real thing that she just Mm -hmm. then utilized in that way or it could have been completely you know cia set up um yeah so i'd love to hear y'all's thoughts if you have any on that um but then the two other small things I wanted to talk on, one is Sonder. Do you know that word? It's like no, one of my favorite words. Um, There's um, like a
1: song or like a movie or something that uses it. Um, it.
0: It essentially means like it's like the realization that like everyone you see in your life is living like their oh, own full life.
1: Yeah, it's from a comedian on YouTube.
0: Who oh. <laughs> has a bit about it now that I'm remembering it. <laughs> um so that's just like a it's like a really deep kind of word um so i just it makes me like wonder like about her husband and maybe it's like maybe maybe there's like nothing really to unpack there because it is kind of funny that he like loves tea and yoga like maybe he's just a very like deep individual so like the name kind of fits Mm -hmm. um so i liked that but i'm interested to see like more to that character if it is if it's beyond just like stepdad um Mm -hmm. but then secondly I thought it was really interesting that he knew Suvi's name. Yes, because yes. in in our episode where we ta- where the name thing happened, I remember somebody in the you and I were talking and we were like because we, we got the explicit scene of Suvi giving Ursulan and Ame her name, and there was not a scene of her giving Steel her name,
1: but I think mm-hmm. you and I
0: were like, but she probably did. You know, that yeah. was just off-screen. But I remember somebody in the comments was saying like, no, she didn't because we would have seen that. So I was like, yeah, you might be right. So maybe she didn't give Steele her name. But now Sonder knows her though,
1: name. I will say though, some people are so deliberate about like, well, it's not that. And you're like, <laughs> but okay. it could be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, this this felt a little bit to me, and I don't know if this was the case. It felt a little bit to me, Brennan as the DM being helpful in like helping characterize the relationship
0: like, being, like you can trust this guy, kind of,
1: yeah. like, like if 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 I'm a player meeting someone from like my backstory or like that I should know, but isn't like a deliberate character, I may not know like how to interact with them. and and what a good good DM is going to do is like, hey, and you guys would be best friends. yeah, like in, in some way to like to show the familiarity there. Um so i I, I kind of felt like that's what Brennan was doing. And like kind of tipping the hand to be like, y'all really close. Um, But if it's not that, then,
0: yeah,
1: it's I like mean, I Suvi also wasn't thrown by it, that he knew it.
0: So, yeah, I fully agree with that assessment you just made on like the DM kind of helping the player out in that way. But I will say I think there were other ways to do that if that's all he was doing. Like, I don't think mm. he would just use Suvi's name lightly in that way, you know? So mm-hmm. I think that is what he was doing, but I think it's there's it is we can still draw a deeper meaning from it as well, Um, which was just interesting to me because like one, we weren't even sure if Steel had it, even though we were pretty sure she had it. Mm-hmm. But this is like a whole nother level. because, again, not that there's anything wrong with like a second marriage in your life, like, you know, but it's not even like it's not even like her first husband that Suvi might have known as a kid, you know, like, cause yeah. we know that her her mom and, and steel were best friends. So it's not like this guy was also in the picture. That was like a really close family friend. Like this yeah. is the second husband. So he definitely came in later in life and yet he still is like in enough to know her name. I just thought that was not, not that there's like something sinister or anything like that going on. I just thought it was very, mm-hmm. very interesting inclusion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So again, we'd well, love to hear y'all's thoughts on this. Um
1: we're unfortunately out of time. I, I gave Will a hard stop on tonight. Um, and of course, he and I rambled before hitting record. So um <laughs> yeah, Debbie let us know in the Discord and then definitely like in our Pixel Bits live stream channel. Let us know your thoughts, reactions, and theories, and we'll be sure to talk about it on this Friday's live stream. Yeah. Um, but all that to say, I really enjoyed the episode, man. I had a great time watching it or listening to it,
0: yeah, me too, and, um, again, sorry y'all for getting this out so late um, excuse me, we do have a new episode tomorrow, um, I don't know we we still have a lot going on, so i don't I can't like promise when our episode on tomorrow's episode will come out, but hopefully in a slightly more timely manner than this one, um, but yeah, hopefully. Uh, hopefully tomorrow doesn't just wash away all the speculation we just talked about. And we can hear from you guys in the comments and hear your thoughts. Um, Cause I I'm really interested. Uh, but yeah, anything else? I think that's it. righty, Y'all again, we got a discord linked in the description. Come hang out with us there. Like Blake said, we got a live stream on Friday afternoons and um, pretty much every Sunday night we have a watch party of some sort. So come join us for that. But until next time, my friends, we'll see you later. See ya.